This is a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. It is 5.37. You're listening to the Evening Edition with Sharmila and Lynn. It's time for Trending Today, where people are giving props to Malaysia's payment infrastructures. So this comes from underscore earth um, who posted sometimes I'm amazed how advanced Malaysia's payments infrastructure is. We've taken it so much for granted now given that just in the 2000s debit cards were rare and this is an I think an interesting retrospective in some ways because it is true that for a very long time we were a heavily heavily cash based society um, I remember being on air when we were talking about the shift towards going yeah. more cashless uh, towards you know embracing e-wallets a little more and there has always been, as there often are, uh, when it comes to any sort of technological shift, so much fear. Um, you called yourself a Luddite, I, I did, remember. I yeah, did, yeah. yeah. No, even I was like, mm, I'm not sure. Not with debit cards. Yes, <laughs> not with debit fair. cards, but with e-wallets yes. and the like. Yeah. Um, and, and I think also about how... Uh, even the shift to credit cards back in the day was a big deal for a lot of people. So it's true that we've come a long way. And I think it's especially true if you, like me, um, have been abroad recently in countries that are in some other ways very advanced, uh, more advanced than us, and then observed how weird their <laughs> their payment gateways are. So, um, and that's actually exactly what the uh, tweets are bringing up, right? So Iwan, for instance, says, yep, in Indonesia, st- they're still new to this and their card payment system still needs a pin instead of a wave. Uh, Pidot says, we do take it for granted. If you go to the UK or Germany, banking there still feels like 2010. The US will take you back to the 2000s. To me, South Korea and UAE, UAE felt a little bit different and advanced than us without being too invasive. I'm interested in this uh, South Korea and UAE point because I haven't been to either country um, in the case of the UAE ever, in the case of South Korea for a long time. So I don't actually know what it would be like when you're there. Um, I will say that from uh, travelling in America, uh, you really do feel it. You really do notice a pretty significant difference in terms of your ability to pay seamlessly unless you're on, what is that app that they use? Venmo. To, Venmo. <laughs> unless you're on Venmo um, or, or something like that, it, it's often, it doesn't feel very friendly. So I think... It can be patchy, right? Post-pandemic, a lot has changed, I yeah. do feel. Because I was in uh, London recently and I was quite blown away at that some restaurants actually have payment platforms where not only can you split the bill amongst the people that you're with through their platform, you can even indicate, so it doesn't have to be an even split. So if you and I had, you know, different dishes and different drinks, within the payment platform, you can actually indicate, okay, Sharmila had this, Lynn had that, and then they charge you separately. So clearly... Um, the the sort of the pace of this changing, uh, a lot of it has happened because of the pandemic, because of the aversion to handling physical cash. And I do think that even in Malaysia, that's where we saw the biggest leap. Because when you said, um, I remember talking about e-wallets, if I'm not mistaken, that happened during the the lockdowns. Yes. Uh, when, you know, we started talking about maybe you don't want to withdraw money as much. Maybe you don't want to be handling cash as much. Uh, but even in those 
four years now that, that we're in 2024, so much has actually changed. Um, I feel like I hardly handle cash anymore. So I walk around most days with about 10 ringgit. Yeah, same. Thereabouts. And and it's gotten me in trouble <laughs> at times, usually to do with parking. Oh my God, me too. Yeah, parking is a big, big one. That's when you realise, okay, I really need to have more than this lying around. Um, it's gotten me in trouble with uh, tamba nilai, touch and go here and there. So... It, I, I don't think we can say that we are entirely, uh, you know, that we don't need cash. But I do think that the amount of times that I walk somewhere and can expect to see a QR code or can reasonably expect that if there's no QR code, I can bank transfer. If I can't bank transfer, I can still go back to the card. There is this kind of... Um, I wouldn't say necessarily fully seamless, but there is an ease um, to going cashless that I, of course, it was promised, but I hadn't necessarily believed at the time. However, we also have people like uh, Zantic Retro Professor saying, first world country does not mean a developed country. To be honest, we have progressed 10 times over, but the remote areas of Malaysia are really backward. This is actually a very important point because it is true that while those of us in more urban areas have this sort of ease of transactions, I don't think you could necessarily go with 10 ringgit in your wallet to every part of Malaysia and have that be helpful, right? I think um, you would need cash. And actually, that reminds me of how um, it's very different in, say, India, which really has managed to come up with um, even a simple non-smartphone now has means through SMS technology mm-hmm. and so on to be able to carry out cash transactions. Um, and that was, of course, primarily because there was this huge push towards demonetization and uh, equipping everyone in all of their sectors with uh, payment structures. Um And that was controversial in its own way. Uh, But I do think that this is something we shouldn't forget, that while, yes, we're doing very well with the seamlessness of our systems, there is work to be done in terms of making that accessible. I'm curious about where we're headed in that regard and and how quickly people and things will be able to catch up. Because, um, you know, as someone who lives in the capital or adjacent to the capital, I think, like, like we said earlier, we're close to almost full a fully cashless experience you can almost get there here and there it kind of falls through um, but even then with enough a canna canna you can get to a bank transfer space um, but if you are in a part of the country in which infrastructure is lacking um, access to internet is not what it is access to things like smartphones aren't what they um, what they are in more urban areas then there are so many other smaller steps that need to happen before you get to that same point. So we are talking about this because on X, um, people are essentially talking about how advanced Malaysia's payment infrastructures are, especially in comparison to many other places around the world. So we want to hear from you. Have you gone mostly cashless? And have you noticed it's different in other countries? You can call double seven double three two nine hundred. send us a voice note or WhatsApp 18 Tweet us at BFM Radio. Bole for Malaysia. Ha. BFM 89.9, the business station. It is 5.50. You're listening to the Evening Edition with Sharmila and Lynn. And on Trending Today, we've been talking about payment gateways, payment infrastructures, um, and how Malaysia is actually pretty far along in that regard. This comes from a conversation on X. So we've been asking you, have you gone mostly cashless and have you noticed that it's different in other countries? You can call 7733 
send us a voice note or WhatsApp 018-789-8899. Tweet us at BFM Radio. So we do have a voice note that's come in. Uh, this is from KJ. Yes, I have gone mostly cashless in t- when you are in KL or Klang Valley. I live in PJ in particular. But I just made a trip up to Penang like a couple of weeks back. It is not the same there. I would say 80% of the time, you still need your cash. I'm really surprised when I was there. Well, obviously, you know, the places that I have been to are the coffee them on the street, you know, the hawker centers and so on. But even in KL or PJ, those are widely accepting touch and go right now or any e-wallet, right? Not particular to that, but not happening yet in Penang. <clears throat> they, they, are not, they are not lagged behind in any way of the infrastructure, just that they have not really accepted it widely. Just my observation. Thank you. KJ, thank you for sharing that. And you're actually absolutely correct. Um, I was in Penang recently and I remember that for the first time in a long time, I did that thing where I was at a hawker centre and then you order a few different things from a few different places and I had to hand out cash and I, I was, ran out of cash. I was wandering the streets searching for a bank. <laughs> that, that was basically <laughs> I had to me. borrow from my friend. Yeah, so it is true. And you're right that in some cases it's just a choice. Um, I have been kind of heartened noticing the shift in kopitiams and coffee shops here. Um warungs, etc., the move towards QR, even if it is just a QR to a personal payment, right? Even if I'm just ah, literally yes. paying the vendor, um, the point is that I can still do it in a cashless way. Actually, in KL, I feel like the the, the mamaks and the kopitiams were almost the earliest ones to adopt this because I remember during, once again, the lockdowns, when you were going out to do a takeaway and whatever, I remember you could already do it then. Um, Jin Xiao says, huh, I'm not sure if this can be considered as more advanced. It's more to me like using chopsticks or fork and knife. It's just another way of using money. But I do agree that it brings convenience, especially for some countries where there are too many zeros in their currency. Jun Xiao, um, I see what you're saying. I do think though that the convenience for me, and I'm saying this as someone who again uh, recently travelled and didn't have to change as much money as I normally would, uh, primarily because now um, cashless payments are so much more common. So even for things like um, trains or buses, previously you would need small change. Now you can just either tap your phone or your card. Uh, That actually helps so much because you don't come back with a load of currency and then lose money in the exchange as well. Okay, so while we're talking Talking about travel, um, Liana says, I'm mostly cashless too nowadays. By that, I mean literally not even 10 ringgit. And yes, sometimes I get into trouble in parking as well. I just want to shout out to do it now for cross-border QR payments. I just got back from Bali. I didn't even bring any rupiah cash for the trip. That's impressive, firstly. Um, secondly, I wish, um, I think that this is the thing. Uh, we are at that... Um, we are at the middle phase, right? Is it fair to say we're at the middle phase or we're 60% along? Mm. Because even in Malaysia, firstly, we can't go fully cashless. We're kind of there if you're in the city and especially if you're in the capital city, then you're there sort of. But um, even in other cities around the country, it's not the case. Then when you go cross-border, even more so, um, you can't... It would be nice if you could be sure. Uh, or it would be nice if you could travel without even having to check, right? If you could go knowing that there would be some sort of QR that works. Um, but that's not really the case either. I was in Bangkok earlier this year, and some ca- in some cases, um, the QR worked. In others, it did not. And it was always a little bit of a, uh, a roulette. So when I went to Bangkok earlier this year as well, I, I actually went with a sort of, I dared myself to go without cash. and But my backup was I had activated international withdrawals um, just in case uh, um, e-payments didn't work. And, and true enough, I actually had to go to an ATM and 
pull out cash. Um, it wasn't for very much, honestly. It was for very little. Um, but yes, it is It is sort of a bit daunting still to say, I'm just going to go to a whole other country and not bring cash. It's nice that it works, though. Um, I mean, seemingly so, at least if you go to Bali. Bali. Um, but I think... So I recently returned uh, from, from Christmas in Taipei and I fully expected that even if uh, I couldn't use my existing e-wallets to do it, that I would be able to get some e-wallet there or that it would be able to work in some form or another. And then I realised while there um, that it was much more complex than expected, that different cards were accepted at different types of stores. There are different, um, th- there's e-wallet saturation in the market, but again, it's different types of e-wallets. A lot of them were not available to me. Uh-huh. Um, so for example, Line has an e-wallet, so I downloaded Line um, and I could chat with whoever I wanted, but I couldn't <laughs> use the e-wallet. Um, and, and so I think that there were all these things that made me, again, appreciate the um, the blanket approach that we've taken here. And interesting, because I wouldn't have thought of Taipei necessarily as a place that you would run into those kinds of issues at. I just wanted to read this message from Shaz for those of us, including Liana, who have gotten into trouble for not having cash for parking. Shaz says, all you need now to be cashless is to enable cash outs via your debit card at all merchants. This was actually enabled sometime 15 years ago but wasn't properly launched. With this, if you're short on cash for parking, you just head to the nearest mama to cash out. Did not know this? Very helpful information, Charles. Where can we do this though? I would, okay, I'm thinking maybe at your ATM, the same place that you might be able to, but I don't know. I need to go read up about this. Yeah, because um, the, the way that cash outs work Typically, is that you would be able to cash out at um, Shaz in your example, a mama. Um, oh, I, I'm sorry. I thought you meant where do you activate the function? No, no. I, I where meant can you where can you cash? pull out the cash? Because the thing is that if you don't know that, that's why you're saying at all merchants, right? Because that's important. Again, you what you don't want is the hesitation and uncertainty of walking into one convenience store, they turn you away. You go to a restaurant, they turn you away. You go to a supermarket, this branch doesn't do it, but the other one does. Yeah. Um, because if you've experienced cash out before in whether in Malaysia or in other countries it is hugely convenient the ability to be mostly cashless unless you need a spare five ringgit and then you don't have to buy like a a packet of chewing gum to, I don't know. <laughs> to you change know, your money. Yeah. There are all these things. Uh, let's see. Shamil says, I haven't withdrawn any money for almost three weeks. So yeah, we can survive cashless in the city. However, even in countries like Japan, they still prefer cash. But then again, they have that fancy machine that can give you exact change at each checkout counter at the supermarket. So they don't have to worry about miscounting or workers stealing money. A different class, I guess. That's interesting. I've always enjoyed, sorry, this is very, very sidebar, we don't have that much time, but I've always enjoyed um, the different ways of returning change in other countries. Yes. You know how in different countries they count upwards? Mm-hmm. So they count to make you whole. Or, yeah. You know, anyways, yeah, yeah. Um, I, I've always enjoyed that. Um, we have Owen who says, I'm currently based in Melbourne. Most shops are relatively or completely cashless. I can go about my day without carrying my wallet or any cards because every shop accepts card payments. So I just make payments via Google Pay. I only withdraw a small amount of cash via cardless withdrawal. There it is when shopping at Queen Victoria Market. Interestingly, Australia was the first time I encountered cash outs. I um, mean, actually, you could do it at any supermarket, which was so yes. convenient. Yes. 
Um, May says, yes, I've gone cashless ever since the MCO. It's good that you don't have to handle cash because you never know whether it was, you know, held by somebody who was unwell. It's so good that I can use Touch and Go with hawkers and the wet market. So happy with it. On the same note, I'm sad that some of my friends still don't have e-wallets and refuse to learn. They don't know what they're missing. You know, May, actually, that's an interesting point, right? Because I also know people who are resistant to to adopting e-wallets. I understand the concerns, but actually it makes things so much easier. You know, you don't need to make trips to the ATM. You don't have to worry about carrying cash around. Well, Balvin says, I'm going to keep going with cash. I've never gone cashless. I would never want to. Nothing feels like counting the notes and paying. You know, there is some truth to that. It is true that when you're going cashless, you often forget how much you're spending or actually even the satisfaction of getting like a roll of bills. Balvin, I was once you. I don't feel this way anymore. Um, <laughs> I, I I no longer have to stand at the counter and rearrange my notes or do it after rushing to the car. I don't have to carry coins around. You or, know. or, you know, like do that surreptitious, like close your wallet so people don't see all your bills in it. Like I hate, I used to hate that. I used to worry about getting robbed. So, I mean, for what it's worth, I, I'm probably not going back to cash, but I mean to each their own. Keep your thoughts coming. You can call us. You can send us a voice note. You can WhatsApp us. You can tweet us. And keep it here, BFM 89.9. You have been listening to a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. For more stories of the same kind, download the BFM app.